Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Greg Piatelli and I recap another week in the Major League Baseball season, the final week of August. We start things off with recapping the very end of the Little League World Series before going into our usual business, hot and cold teams, the top players of the week, Stadium snacks, bleacher creatures, and a bit of a contentious Phillies talk. It was a lot of fun to record. Really excited to hear what you guys think. But as always, make sure to like, share, and mash on that subscribe button. The bullpen cart on iTunes is where you can find us. We have a lot of stuff going on. Our football previews are coming in. College football starts this week. Obviously, the pennant chase for baseball you got to make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out all of our great blogs on the Thunder blog. But enjoy this week's episode. Let us know what you think in the comments. And here we go. And we are live. Welcome to this week's edition of the Bullpen Cart presented by Thunderblogsports.com. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man, and with me is my man all the way up from Boston, Mr. Greg Piatelli. How are you? Minor setback, Jordy, for a major comeback. Feeling good. Feeling confident. It's always good. You know, I'm good. Uh, A little tired. We were talking a a little off air that I uh, took a red eye last night from my cousin's wedding out in Seattle over the weekend, and, you know, red eyes are... Not fun, I, I, but I really enjoyed the Pacific Northwest. It was an awesome wedding, uh, cool atmosphere, and yeah, I mean, <gasps> Seattle's a pretty cool city. Did you get your toes in the Pacific Ocean? I did not. We didn't get that far out. Um, we did go west. That's where the wedding was. It was this resort about an hour west, still on the Puget Sound. Um, so there was salt water and all that, all that jazz. It was a little cold, though. Normally, apparently, it's like 85 and zero humidity, and it was in the 60s, so... I was not doing too much swimming. I did bring my trunks, but no hopping in the water for me. Global warming. What a myth. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, let's jump into baseball. Uh, Yeah, we have, we're in the last week of August. We're talking a little bit off air September call-ups happening on Saturday, but you know, the month of August has certainly been interesting across the bigs for a number of the different teams. I mean, you're, your Boston Red Sox have had them have had their ups and, and some of their downs and other teams that have been in the running have maybe fallen off a bit. We'll we'll jump right into it, but I mean it's definitely been an interesting run at it. And we're starting to see some of the playoff pictures becoming a little more clear and others getting a little more murky. Oh, for sure. And some teams that need to have big weeks from the last time we talked um took a step back and some teams took some steps forward. So as you mentioned, some teams distance, distancing themselves and a move, Jordy. If you want Philadelphia Phillies picked up Joey Bats, Jose Batista. Uh, are you excited for it? Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting. And especially because we talked a little bit with September call-ups happening, the Phillies can finally make some, some moves around getting all these guys that they've quietly – snagged in the waiver period Bautista being the next of them and 
you know, with expanding out into forty man a forty man roster, they can finally bring up some of these people that they had to send down or are coming back from the the uh, DL and uh, obviously guys they've acquired. It, and it'll be nice to see and how they are able to use all of them and give players days off and and continue to tinker around a little bit more before we get to the playoffs or if they get to the playoffs that is i uh think it's a great move i think unfortunately he's not a lefty but uh bad flip for days yeah oh man could you imagine that in in a uh, phillies uniform oh boy (laughs) especially that minor league park speaking of Little League ballparks. Uh, did you catch any of the Little League World Series? I know you're at the wedding, but you catch yeah, any of the Little League World Series? I got to see a little bit of the final game. Hawaii, shout out to them. They beat South Korea. I saw a little bit of the, the U.S. final. That one kid that they had pitching was a monster. But the guy that pitched uh, pitched on Sunday wasn't too bad either, it looked like. Yeah, he only let up uh, two hits, I believe, maybe three. Yeah, Unbelievable. Like that. It, was, it was a big day for him. And I the mean, big... The, this I was yeah. gonna say the saddest is it's the last one in Williamsport. What do you mean? It's moving to LA. Are you serious? Yeah, the Little League World Series is moving. I I'm in shock and awe right now. You, do you know lost. this? No. Yeah, it's moving from Williamsport. I don't. Why would they? Why would the MLB announce a game next year in Williamsport again between? The Pirates and the Cubs. I, oh shit! I fell for a hoax. Little little moving hoax. Uh oh. Well, you could be right, but something's something. Something. I'm freaking out right now, Jordy. Uh, let's. Uh, I'm pulling this up here. Freaking me out, man. Uh, I guess this has been happening a number of different times. Um, yeah, it is completely false. It was a it was a hoax that it, that got spread around Twitter yesterday that Ooh. I fell victim to. Ugh. Oh man, my heart is in my throat, Jordy. You just. Yeah. I mean, you've been there. I've never even been out to Williamsport, but you've oh. been, and this is a that would that would have probably killed the inner child of Greg Piatelli. Oh, crushing! I've been there twice. Crushing. Yeah. Jordy, you need to go. I do need to go. And I found out, and I should have like put two and two together, and I just never did because I see that they show their scores every single night that the minor league park they play that that classic in is a Philly single A team. And I know ne- like literally they show the Williamsport Crosscutters score on every single Phillies broadcast. I never realized that until like yesterday. Jordy, you need to get to Williamsport next year for sure, hundred percent. Should we make that a road trip? Get a pod from uh from Williamsport. I'm so in, indubitably. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Hopefully, I don't have a wedding at the end of August next year that we can we can make it out there. Um, yeah, no, the 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 team from Hawaii started out the championship game well. Uh, the leadoff batter for Hawaii first pitch took the first pitch and turned on it, uh, home run, one nothing, start the game, and then they ended up getting two runs on a pass ball or an error uh, by the catcher. So it ended up being you know, the home run and then manufacturing two runs through errors and such, but it's just an exciting 
exciting game. That the Hawaii team didn't commit one error all tournament. Granted, they only played four games because the new system. Like, didn't they let up only like five runs too? Three runs. Three runs. That's what it was. Holy shit! Yeah, and I mean, the new system. They only they they, they threw the same two pitchers for both games because they had such low pitch numbers and uh, and you know that those kids their top pitchers were able to go because they kept winning. So. That's good. What is, what is the new system now? Is it a modified double elimination? Yeah, so it's like if you win, you're in the winner's bracket. So they won their first game, and then they they played another team that won their first game, so they won that game. And that put them automatically into the – I believe it put them either automatically into the U.S. championship game. Oh yeah, I'm looking at this. Yeah, so I guess so, there's so, so they win two games and they're automatically in the US championship and then they win that and they've only played three games and now they're in the Little League World Series. Okay. I'm seeing this now. So to kind of give everybody a visual of it, it's a bracket of eight matchups. Um and so the winners play each other in a so a quarterfinal and the winners play each other and how it works on the other side of it is that the losers of the quarterfinals play each other. And then the winners go on to pull, the winners then play of those games play each other and knock themselves off. So the the team that ultimately wins of this winners side, as Greg was saying, um, ends up playing the the winner of the losers bracket in the U.S. tournament. Yeah. So it almost if you imagine a, a an eight team bracket, imagine another bracket going on to the other side of it, but then double elimination happening happening and all that good stuff. Yeah, and it's like so there are teams that there are teams that are out by the first weekend. So like the team from New England played Thursday and then they lost and they played Sunday and they lost. So yeah, they Rhode were Island. Seeing this now. Saturday, yeah. They are done within the first three days. And the team from Hawaii played four games total and, and won the World Series. So uh I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of the new system, but it allows us to get the dominant pitchers. It allows us to get the the best players on the mound, which, you know, is good because you want to see the best baseball and good because it puts less pressure on kids. And, yeah, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, sorry, I know I say that all the time, but it's awesome. No, it is awesome. And it's crazy how this whole thing happens. So everybody has to lose twice until you get to the U.S. championship, just looking at it. So, like, for instance, Hawaii beat New York in the game to go to the U.S. championship. And New York still got to play again. They got to play the technically the winner of the losers bracket and one more semifinal. This is absolutely crazy. Yeah, um, it, it's the weirdest. Visualized out. Oh yeah, it's the weirdest thing, and it's like it's it's a crazy schedule because New York won their first two game or won their first game, and then yeah. I think we had this style of tournament in like a single day like baseball or hockey tournament when I was like a kid, but like not over the course of two weeks. So I, I understand your ire towards this. Cause what do they used to do group play? And then they did like semifinals and all that. Yeah. So it used to be, yeah. So a hundred percent, it used to be group play and, and more of, I mean, it's still double elimination, but it was, it was, you were predetermined the first two games as opposed to just the first game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we Interesting. 
Uh, yeah, huge win for Hawaii, and oddly enough, since the new format, Jordy, uh, uh, the last like five or six winners have all been teams that went four. That that only played four games, went four and out. So wow, uh, I guess you're right though. Like you get that extra time. Do they get? I get because they have less pitches thrown that they're allowed to pitch again because that's Little League's big thing. Is there? Because I remember like at least when we played Little League, there, there if there was a certain time that they had off, that that number got reduced or like the amount of pitches they could throw in a subsequent game. Does that help yeah. with it as well? Yeah. So it's like, if, like you, if throw, you have three days off or something. Yeah, exactly. So if you throw 25 pitches, you can pitch the next day. If you throw 50 or 35 pitches, you have to wait two days. If you throw 50 pitches, you have to wait three days. And then if you throw more than 50, you have to wait four days. And then you can't, you can't exceed like 75. I think the number is. Or yeah. I remember that. So I, it, if you if you make it past that eighty, if you get to the seventy five eighty number, then you have to wait four days or or what have you. So the kid, their best pitcher, who pitched the first day, the the, the monster you were talking about on Saturday, he pitched their first game, and then their ace or then their second pitcher who won the championship game yesterday pitched game two, and because they were essentially in the finals, both of them were able to come back and pitch. So they pitched the first two games, they were able to pitch the last two. Oh, that's pretty wild. Yeah, so it's easy. I, I'm pretty sure they played four. You're looking at it, right? No, yeah, they played four games, and I, I don't have the dates. I just exited out of it. But they, no. they played four games, and I guess if you have the time off, that is a little a little crazy that you'd let them basically just skip ahead. But I, I guess the the number makes sense in terms of, of how it all works. Yeah, so if you're in the loser's bracket, you play right away, and they, they save the winners. So, like, Thursday, Friday, everyone plays. And then the losers play that Saturday, Sunday, and then the winners play Monday, Tuesday. Uh, and then the losers bracket continues, whatever, Wednesday, Thursday, and then championship Saturdays. You know, I guess uh, Hawaii, um, excuse me, Hawaii played five games. Um, so they played August 17th. They just pulled this back up. August 19th, the 22nd, the 25th, and then yesterday, the 26th. So the the still the, the point is the still. same. Their two best pitchers play, did the first two games and the last two games. So they only they only had to run out there three pitchers, you know, max. And through the five games, they only let up three runs and had zero errors. And in a little league game, if you're if you have zero errors for for a whole tournament, you're definitely winning. So good for them. Good on them. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the big boys, Jordy. Yeah. Let's get over to there. Um, and coming off of the players' weekend, which once again, was a tremounding success and a lot of the different stories that came out of it from the different ways all the players who, you know, say thank you to or they, they dedicate their weekend to, whether it's Bryce Harper sending his, I think it was his cleats to a children's hospital for them to all sign it. Reese Hoskins did the same thing with a bat and then actually hit a home run with it. But it's just a tremendous weekend. So shout out to the MLB to, for that whole weekend and how successful it is. I think everybody loves it. Um, I, hate it. I hate the players' weekend. Do you? Yeah, the Red Sox have one win during Players Weekend. Actually, yeah, one win in two years of Players Weekend. So I, I, I hate it. I'm done with it. Yeah. I did think it was weird. There are a couple of jerseys this year that used a lot of neon. I thought last year's jerseys were a little better, although I thought the Phillies were better than there were last year. But, like, the Pirates had neon yellow instead of that usual what they call Pittsburgh gold. The Brewers had the same, the same neon on their sleeves, which – it was a little, like, little too much. They have gold as their other color. Why do you need neon? But the, Red the stories, at least, that come out of it, I think are pretty awesome. Oh, the stories are great, and the fact that 
you know, a lot of players, uh, you know, use their country flag customized on their bat or, you know, they have cool different cleats and everything. And, um, you know, that, that whole story, those storylines are, are great. Um, it was frustrating. Red Sox had the same exact jerseys as, as last year. And uh, I thought the Rays had pretty cool jerseys, but it's, it's tough because when the announcer starts using the guy's nicknames, it's like, all right, well, who are they, you know, who is it really? Who am I really watching? Yeah. Well, I mean, with Mookie Betts, it was pretty easy. He was just Mookie. No, no. I, well, I know that for the Red Sox. I'm talking about if I was to watch the Phillies game. Speaking of Homer by the Phillies, let's go. 5-3, Jordy. Uh-oh. Big, big one. Big Homer. Uh-oh. Reese. Um, Reese Bucks against a former Philly, Ryan Madsen. Uh, to, quickly, to close on the, the jerseys, did you see Brad Boxburgers, the guy on the Diamondbacks? What was it? His was his name is Brad Boxberger, B E R G E R, uh, all one word. But his his jersey was a box emoji and a hamburger emoji. Really, <laughs> that that's pretty yeah. cool. Well, they could do uh, emojis. Yeah, it was pretty funny. They showed uh, they showed that like last week, and I saw it on I think it was Sports Center or something on Instagram when I was uh, waiting in the Seattle airport to fly out. But I thought that was hysterical. That's awesome. Well, let's move into the usual business: hot and cold teams. Uh, we mentioned it at the top of the show. Some teams that needed to win did exactly what they needed to do. Others who uh, needed to do something uh, kind of let down a little bit. But let's start in the American League, Greg. I'm going to start with you, um, and we'll go from there. I love it, Jordy. Hot team of the week, the Tampa Bay Rays. Ooh. Uh, All winners, right. winners of eight straight games. Got to mention them including sweeping the best team in baseball. Uh, not only did they sweep the best team in baseball, but they held the best team in baseball, of course, the Boston Red Sox, they held the best team in baseball to five runs total over three games. Uh, and we're talking about a Rays team that started out the year with four starters, and the fifth starter is going to be a bunch of relievers uh, going in. And they've had some injuries to their starting rotation and traded some guys, so they have even more, they have less starters and even more of this whole rotating bullpen thing. So, they, as a pitching staff, I mean, granted, it's a bunch of first-round picks, pitcher, pitchers that are have the talent and are good enough to be there, and so it's good because they're getting all these guys' experience. Um, but it's it's impressive that they're able to hold the best offense in baseball and the best team in baseball to five runs over three games. And uh, in the same breath, the Rays' offense uh, put up ten runs in the first game, five runs in the second game, nine runs in the third game, um, so they absolutely manhandled the Boston Red Sox. And then before that, coming into the series, they had a four-game sweep of the Kansas City Royals, um, which put them on a seven, winning seven straight home games. Seven home games are all winning all seven. Um, so good for them. Great week for them. Last seven days, unbelievable. They've had um, a really good August, if you've looked at it. Oh, yeah. I mean, a great, and- August, a great August and a team that, I mean – 70 and 61 unbelievable for a team that didn't have a didn't have a fifth starter and yeah they're nine games out of the wild card but they're still you know that many games over 500 so uh good for them and impressive and any other year you know they might be in the thick of it yeah i mean they've they've also got so many guys in their farm system i was reading about this over the weekend that they are a serious threat to be in a couple of years a, a big contender in in 
the American League East and the American League. I mean, a lot of what I read was based on nothing happening in terms of free agency. So teams like the Red Sox, the Yankees, um, the Mariners, if they can get some extra cash, they were all a little bit further down on the on that list of sort of teams set up for the future. But if the Rays let their natural talent develop, they can certainly do something like what the A's have managed to do so many times with Moneyball and figuring out low guys or low low dollar guys that have tremendous value and that they can control for a number of years because of you know the fact that they have to get through so many years before they can be free agents and get their you know get the money that they're actually worth. Well, no, and and I think it's more of I think it's more of the Rays teams that went to the World Series with David Price and and played the Phillies. You know, I think it's more of that where they are so young, they're going to have those developing superstars like Langoria and Price who who probably are playing now, but no one knows who they are until they're huge in like two or three years. Um, the big issue is obviously the Yankees have just as much young talent and uh, those guys are already big names. And the Red Sox prove time and time again they are willing to sell the farm to uh, – and sell their prospects to get the big name free agency. So, um, but the Rays, as you mentioned, are poised to make a deep run. So, great point, Jordy. Uh, that's my hot team of the week. Who you got? I'm going to go with the Houston Astros. The winners of five straight and went six and one over the week, uh, all on the road too. They were in Seattle last week and then went to Anaheim over the weekend. And they are starting to really turn it on offensively. They've put up a large number of runs. Their their pitching staff is starting to really hold it together. Uh, Despite Justin Verlander getting some uh, astronomically high bills in Los Angeles, he still uh, came out and pitched well this weekend. Don't know if you saw that, but we'll come back to that in a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Astros, they're playing the the A's right now who also had themselves a pretty good week, but they did exactly what they needed to do when the A's were touching on first place, and the Astros are now a game and a half up. They're winning right now in the, I believe it's the sixth inning, um, but it's 5-4 there in a crucial, crucial series. We'll probably talk about that more in a bit as well, but we could be seeing the start of a Astros team making the strides to get up to where their run differential suggests they should be, despite the fact that they're 30 games above 500. Uh, I think they they may not be able to get some separation like we've been seeing from the Indians, but we're going to start seeing them get closer and closer to 100 games, I think, by the time we get to the middle of September. No, it's a great team, great choice, and uh, you know the Astros are a team that were our cold team last week, so um, granted, they played an Angels team who has been going in the wrong direction for quite some time, despite getting Mike Trout back. But the Indians or the Astros could not have gotten Jose Altuve back fast enough, and right. I think his his return to the lineup is is a huge reason as to why you know they won four games in a row, not necessarily or, or sorry, six games in a row, uh, five games in a row. Yeah, it's five now. That, yeah, not necessarily that he is doing well, but you know, just having that bat in the lineup, having, you know, if Ortiz was out and then when he came back, the security of 
the rest of the lineup, the security of, um, you know, the, the starting pitcher being like, okay, I, I got to give this guy a ball to hit because, you know, I got David Ortiz up next. So, you know, I got to go after the guy in front of me now. So you really want to, it's good to have that security blanket in the lineup for the Astros. Um, and you mentioned definitely the start of a run, hopefully for them, not hopefully, but if I'm an Astro fan, hopefully for them, but exactly for me, hopefully they start going the other direction. Um, they have a tough schedule coming up, Jordy. They do a really tough schedule coming up. Yeah. Oakland, at- sorry. Oakland. And then the angels who they just took care of, but the angels are still the angels. Uh, Minnesota, but then they play the Red Sox, Arizona, Seattle, Toronto, at Toronto. We all know how miserable that is, as uh, the Phillies learned, which we will talk about. So they got a they got a tough little couple series here coming down the stretch. Um, be tested. They'll be tested pretty well. But if you remember the end of the season last year on the road as well uh, for the last two series, so um, trend positive for them. Uh, great pick, Jordy. Do you want to start over with the National League? or? Yeah, absolutely. I'll start with them. And I'm going to go with, for my hot team, in the NL, the Chicago Cubs, winners of five straight games and really getting a big monkey off their back. They just swept the Cincinnati Reds over the weekend, a team that for a while in the first half when the Reds were going on a tear had their number. Uh, the Cubs were a team who had been a little shaky and and couldn't really get a streak going together. They've now won five in a row. They are playing the Mets in New York before they come to the Phillies later this week. I'll be going on Friday. Not a big deal, but they are winning four to three in New York. And since acquiring Daniel Murphy, which I don't think we were, we had he, that had happened by the time we had recorded last week, the Cubs could tie a major league record. Uh, it looks like to win six straight games since acquiring a player um, and the, and that player getting hit, I should say uh, he'd be the first Cubs since 1908 to do that. And no one has done that in their first seven games ever in baseball. I love it. Jordy. Uh, fan of uh, Murph. What was that? Are you a fan of uh, Daniel Murphy? Uh, you know, he, Always played well against the Phillies, whether he was a Met or when he was an, a national. So I've always been a fan of what he's been able to do, uh, looking at it objectively. But as a Phillies fan, I've never really been the biggest fan of Daniel Murphy. That's a fair point. Um, he really burst onto the scene that year the Mets went to the World Series. And uh, he's one of those guys who you just think has been around forever, but he's pretty young, correct? Yeah, he's pretty young. I don't – I need to get the – exact age for him but he hasn't been around that long um he so, i love the pick uh he i mean big fan and and it couldn't have come at a better time for the cubs um, oh, he's actually 33 oh wow way off good yeah, for us shit um go us but, yeah you go us but it couldn't yeah. come at a better time for the cubs um because you know, obviously the the Cardinals having the unbelievable week they had, uh, winners seven of the last ten. So um, the Cubs need to keep pace and keep that that little gap they have there. And uh, great choice, Jordy. Great choice. Yeah, you know I try. What about you? Who you got? Uh, I'm gonna go with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Good pick. Um, also winners of seven of the last ten. Um, 
they lost to our three Seattle, but um, at home, which is tough, tough look. Um, but bounced back ni- nicely. Zach Granke on the bump did it well for them. Um, but the Diamondbacks are a team that we talked about their pitching for so long, Jordy. Recently, mm-hmm. especially in this month of August, their hitting and their bats have really come alive. Um, consistently uh, scoring over five runs and even in losses. Um, a couple of losses they've blanked, but other than that, you know, they, they really have been doing well to, to hit the ball and, and get some runs in. Um, so good for them and position themselves a game ahead of the Rockies, two games ahead of the Dodgers. Um, we could see the Dodgers not make the playoffs. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's pretty wild, and we can kind of look at the the rest of how the NL West is going to shape up because the Giants aren't really going away. I was going to make the point that they're the Diamondbacks are playing the Giants right now, and obviously the Padres are in there, and and they're not really doing too much. But that NL West is, is pretty tough, and the way that you mentioned the Cardinals, the Brewers are start looking like they might be fading, but. You know, they've seemed like that a couple times this year, and they haven't. Uh, the Phillies are right there. The Braves are leading a division, and they're in a, and they're in a chase, so both of them are going to need to keep winning games. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Dodgers, you know, they've won three straight, and they're only two and a half back, but they need to kind of get it going a little more. I mean, and it's kind of tough to say that. They have a plus 121 run differential. They should be you – know, they should have so such a better – winning percentage and I'm not really sure we talked about this last week of what to do with the Dodgers and is it the fact that they're you know tweaking too much is it tweaking too little is it this is it that um I mean they granted they just swept the Padres they're about to go play the Rangers this week um you know I I guess we're just gonna have to see how it goes down they're playing the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks have seven more games against each other, including one final time in Arizona the last week of the regular season, where, think about this, I'm just looking at their their final homestand. It's against the Cubs, the Rockies, and the Dodgers. So, I mean, the Diamondbacks, even if they get a little cool, they're going to have to, I mean, they're going to have to face a gauntlet if they really want to prove that they are a playoff team or that they should still be a playoff team since they made the, the playoffs last year. And the Dodgers, just looking down the stretch for them, I guess the nice thing comparatively is they don't have to play the Astros. They get to play the Mets, the Reds, the but the uh, the Padres a couple times. Uh, and then they, they close it off with the San Francisco Giants. So, I mean, they're going to have themselves an interesting schedule as well. And, I mean, you got to think that whoever gets into the playoffs, no matter what of these – eight or so teams in the National League that are still fighting, they're going to prove that they absolutely deserve to be there because they're all going to be playing each other and something's going to give. It's going to shake one way or the other, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. We have a lot of good baseball games coming up in September. Oh, for sure. And uh, a great point about the Diamondbacks because they have a chance with that schedule you mentioned to really put some teams away or – play themselves right out of uh, right out of the playoffs. I mean, it, it could also make it uh, if they split some and, you know, win one series, lose the other, it could really make for an unbelievable September last couple of weeks of September down the stretch there. So um, 
I'm excited for that. Uh, Jordy, cold team of the week. Let's stay in the National League since we're talking about a little bit wild card, things like that. Um, final thing on the Dodgers before you do that, though, uh, two and a half games out of division and two and a half games out of the out of their out of the out of the wild card. The so wild card. They have. I mean, they're there. Two and a half games is nothing. Oh yeah. So, um, before I don't want people thinking we're out on them. They two and a half games with a month left is is plenty, plenty of time. So for sure, uh, cold team of the week nationally. Who you got? Yeah, I want to go with a team in the chase. I could have pretty easily gone with the Reds uh, or the Padres, but I'm going to go with the Brewers who are five and five over their last 10 games and have actually won their last two series. So I can't be too low on them, but just the fact that the, the Cardinals and the Cubs are so hot and they won over the weekend, two or three from the pirates. They took two or three from the Reds last week, but before that, they lost two or three from the Cardinals, started the, the Cardinals' resurgence. They split a series with the Cubs. It's not necessarily the place that they want to be in if they want to hang on in this. And now the, the, the Cardinals have taken over the first wild card spot and second place in the Central. So, I mean, if the Brewers aren't careful, they could fall find themselves falling out of this race. And they hit the road where they're not terribly great they're 500 on the dot entering today so they go to cincinnati who could see themselves bounce back the the reds who are a pretty good home team uh despite having a sub 500 record but uh, when it's only four games under 500 comparatively to to being 19 games under 500 uh it means that you're a little bit better at home than you are away at least uh by averages but they can put up runs those those reds can so if their pitching can hold it together against a Milwaukee Brewers team that when they're kind of like the Phillies, except not as extreme when their bats go cold, uh, could be dangerous there. But then they go to the Nationals for the rest of the weekend, uh, and that could be dangerous before playing the Cubs. So they, I mean, this is kind of a big week for them. If they don't get it going and win, I'd say four of six, they could start seeing themselves slipping further and further back in the Central. I mean, great, great choice. That was a great that was going to be my second cold team as well. And th- correct me if I'm wrong, but they were in it last week, correct? Yeah, they were in it. And just the, because the, the Cubs big, went on a tear when they needed to. And yeah, the, the, big issue, the Cubs and Cardinals made moves and, and the Cubs and Cardinals made moves and the Brewers didn't, you know, st- stood pat and didn't really, I mean, in terms of winning and losing and the Brewers didn't do that to keep pace. So uh, good for the Brewers and, are good for the Cardinals and the Cubs, and obviously bad for the Brewers. I mean, they're playing 500 ball, but 500 ball is not going to do that. Uh, not going to do well when the Cubs and Cardinals um, have the the lead that they have and, and have the weeks they had. So, exactly. Um, great choice, Jordy. Joining you hear my team, or yeah, absolutely. Oh, sure. I'd love to tell you. Uh, <laughs> are you sure you want to hear my team? I have a feeling I know what it is, unless you're going with the uh, the entirety again. No, I'm going with the – I mean, I very easily could go with the entirety of the NLEs, but uh, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Phillies outright. Yeah. Do you want to uh, just use this as Phillies talk? Sure. We 100% can. The reason why I'm not going with the entire NLEs um, is not only are they out of the division, but now they're a game out of the wild card. So losing two out of three in Toronto, Jordy, I tried to warn you. I tried to warn you about playing at Toronto, losing two out of three to the Nationals, never good. 
never, never good um, losing to two out of three team division and then interleague play getting smoked in the road in Toronto. Um, you watched it. Give me a little, give me a little insider uh, behind the scenes what you thought. Yeah, so we've talked about this time and time again. The Phillies are a pretty awful home, uh, road team, and they actually just lost to the Nationals tonight. It looks like that went final 5-3 to three in South Philadelphia. So uh, chalk another one up there for the, the old fighting Phils. But the really what happened last week, I mean, the Bats – the bats were actually a bit alive. Uh, the start of the week, they had themselves a shitty night, losing 10-4. Uh, but then Wednesday, they were up and blew a lead. Uh, your guy, Sir Anthony Dominguez, let up maybe one of the longest moonshot home runs to finish off a game on Wednesday night. Uh, and then Thursday, in probably a, a must-win game, because they had not won since his previous start, Aaron Nola comes out and pitches an absolute gem, beating out Max Scherzer, his fellow Cy Young uh, competitor, 2-0 in an absolute pitcher's duel. Uh, that game will be replayed tomorrow, by the way. But then they go up to Toronto. You mentioned it. They blew uh, a 2-0 two, two lead. Uh, granted, they lost 4-2, but they really couldn't find themselves helping out Jake Arrieta on Friday. And then... Saturday, they got off to a 5 nothing lead and end up blowing that to lose 8-6. So, I mean, you know, Sunday, they saw another great day from Wilson Ramos and saw the bats really come alive. But once again tonight, it comes down to bats coming cold, especially late in the game in this 5-3 loss, I, I should say. The defense really coming down and, and failing our guy, Zach Eflin, Eflin Mania, and... I mean, that's really been a big part of this Phillies team. And, and we're getting now almost to September 1st, and their defense is still really shaky. And crazily enough, Greg, you, you just mentioned it. They're you know only now three and a half games back and now two games out of the, the wild card. But, um, you know, they, they need to figure some stuff out, though, in terms of this because their pitching has been so stellar, really aside from the bullpen starting to give some – some real flashes back to the uh, start of the season with, with some of the, some of this blown saves and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, they got to figure something out and something's going to give one way or the other, where the youth of this team is either going to fade out, which that's part of why I'm so excited for September call-ups. I mentioned it before revitalize some of these guys they've gone out and traded for and give some of them a break and maybe try to figure something out, especially in the bullpen side. But Really, I mean, it's either going to be a great September, a la the second half of June, the start of July, or the, the youth might fade out for the Phils. So we're, we're going to see, but it's not been a good stretch for the Phillies over the, really the last week and a half. No, and, and especially when you lose division, first divisional opponents, um, and it's only going to get harder, as you mentioned, Nationals, Cubs, uh, Marlins, Mets, Nationals, Marlins, Mets, Braves, Rockies, Braves. So a tough little schedule here to end it. Um, you just hope that Gabe the Babe can get the boys uh, on the right track and, and maneuver those September call-ups uh, in a way that is beneficial to the team and, and 
gives guys rest, but at the same time gets guys going. Uh, I think the tough part for the Phillies is it's tough to be happy for a team that it's tough to be happy for a team that had a chance or was leading the division in the playoffs to then blow it. The thing you got to remember about the Phillies, obviously, is that they, well, at the same time blew it, they weren't supposed to be in that position in the first place. Sure. So it's a tough, it's a lose-lose situation unless they make the playoffs, but a lose-lose situation for the Phillies because they weren't supposed to be there, and the season, regardless of how it ends, the season has been has been a success uh, for them. Um, but when you have a taste of play in the first place and you, have, you are a playoff team until you blow it, it's going to seem like a failure because – they were in the playoffs and then blew it. So sure, it kind of reminds me. I was thinking about this earlier of the 05 and 06 Phillies. The 05 Phillies missed the playoffs by a day, and into in today's actually in, in 06 as well. Today's two team wild card, they would have made that game, but they were a team that that very similarly to now. They had these guys coming up. It was just flashes of Chase Utley. No real Ryan Howard sightings yet. You had Jim Tomey on the team. You had Jimmy Rollins for a while, Pat Burrell. And they got so close, but they couldn't execute when it mattered and missed the playoffs by oh so many games, 2005 by one. Oh six, I think it ended. They faded off pretty badly once uh, September got around, but I still think they came in second place to the Dodgers in that wild card run. But then oh seven happens, and it's the same thing. Jimmy Rollins comes out in the offseason and says, you know, I think we're a front runner, and everybody kind of laughed him off the board. They didn't think the season was going to be any any good, and they end up having the incredible comeback against the Mets in you know in the divisional race, uh, seven games seven games back with fifteen to go, and then you know they did make the playoffs, they win the division, and they get swept by the Colorado Rockies, and it's one of those things where for me it was my first taste of Phillies playoff baseball, and it was. Since they the last time they made it, they were, it was the World Series loss in 1993. But this team right now feels like they're a couple steps away, and kind of like you said, it's a success because they weren't supposed to be this good. Their over under was set at 78 wins, and they currently are 70 and 61. So getting to where we are at this point is exciting. Certainly exciting. Uh, if they make the playoffs, fantastic. You weren't expected to. Awesome. But the nice thing is that there's still guys in the minor leagues, the you know Chase Utley's that we might have seen a flash of, or the Ryan Howard that we're still yet to see, someone that might be tearing up the minor leagues right now, or maybe just close to that. What's interesting about the Phillies call-up and a good note on this is that the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, their AAA team, are in the playoffs for AAA baseball. So they will, what the Phillies are going to be doing is sending up guys from their 40-man roster in waves. So guys that aren't on the Iron Pigs or maybe a few of them, they're going to bring up. But all the main core guys, that they want to instill this attitude of winning together. They're going to have stay with the Iron Pigs. And then once that playoff run in the International League and they make the AAA Baseball Championship game, um, you know, whenever that ends, they will then come up to play with the Phillies. But they're really wanting to instill what you heard the Royals did with all their guys when they came up and ultimately won the World Series. They really want to do that. So it's definitely uh, this season's a thing. What's your, to, thoughts, on What's your what? thought on that? What's your thought on that? Because I think that's fucking bullshit. What? Going after a minor league championship? 
if I'm if I'm a prospect and I have a chance to play in a, to make my major league debut, there's got to be some sort of incentive that if they, they win, yeah, they don't send me up to win a fucking minor league playoff game. Pissed. Yeah, I mean, the, the sooner the sooner you come up, the more games you play, the sooner you get out of your rookie contract, and the sooner you can get out of arbitration, and the sooner you can get to the big money. That's true. I mean, on the flip side, if you, I mean, I guess it doesn't count against you being a rookie for the next year, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's a good idea of just trying to instill a winning culture within your guys. But I see what you mean there. Cause it's, you know, it, it would be nice to have, to have the entire roster if you're a Phillies fan and fuck if they, the iron pigs win or not, but kind of developing, I mean, I guess it's part of the, the development of the minor league system, but you know, they would know better than we would, I guess. But that's a good, it's a good thought. Let me ask you a question: If you're trying to build a playoff roster, right? Yeah. Or you're trying to build a winning culture, you're trying to win a winning culture. Let's say the Phillies don't make the playoffs. They send Sir Anthony Dominguez down to the minor league for the minor league championship playoff game. That I don't know if that's if that's allowed. If if the Phillies were to like to fall out in the next couple of days, and that's just what they decided to do. I don't know if they're allowed to send him to, to Lehigh Valley because the 40-man roster is expanded, you know? But that's what I mean. It, it, like, where's the line? Yeah, I guess Where? so. I mean, for, Sir Anthony Dominguez has been in the bigs, though, since May. I'm just saying. He played games in the minor league. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just the the core of that team and what they've been doing, but, you know. Who know? Like, I guess it's just a team's a team's decision one way or the other of how they want to build it. If you're a player, if you're a player, what are you doing? If I if I had the option, if you're a player in the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs team, and they said, "All right, you got a choice. You can you can play until we lose, which could and and either never make it up, or you could go up now and and." Get your get your shot in the major leagues. Hold on, I'm checking when the AAA championship is. Um, AAA championship 2018, because I think it's still like you get two weeks of, of what's it called? Um, yeah, I get you get a week and a half this year. It's going to be in the September. It looks like September 18th. Um, so you still get about two weeks of 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 play in the major leagues to get called up. And that's yeah, if you make it all the way to the AAA championship game. But those two weeks, there's no guarantee that you're, you know, going to play, let alone start, right? Sure. On the flip the side, question. though, the most of these Answer players, the especially on a playoff contending team, they're getting spot starts here and there, or they're just getting – I mean, really, it's the relievers that you want, that you want and are excited to have come up. And what the Phillies also have, and a lot of this first wave are guys that are coming off of the DL. So, I mean, that's part answer of it question. as well. Answer the question. Are you, if you're a player in this same scenario, would you be, would you stay? If they gave the option, would you stay and, and risk only having a week and a half and, and maybe get into one game, maybe? Or would you go right from the jump and, and, and have the opportunity to play in multiple games in the majors? All I mean, I'd want to see. I want to see what my guys are doing. If I'm the third baseman, and you know Johnny's the shortstop, Jimmy's the second baseman, and Anthony is the 
you know, the first baseman, you know, I want to see in, they're all on the 40 man roster. They're all these, you know, corner in, they're all the infielders of the future or supposedly, um, you know, I'm trying to back out of this, Jordy. <laughs> what? I would want to stay. Make you'd want to stay. Okay, that's I'd want to stay. Me, but if if everyone else is heading up and they're saying no, fuck this, we don't want to win it. I because I'm a team player. That's why I'm quote backing out of it. But okay. I would want to stay. On my gut instinct. Well, you're staying, and while you're staying, those four guys you just mentioned took the spots to go up, and now you're stuck down with the with the second squad who decided to stay. Since you can't. I think what you're assuming is that you can tweak your forty. You can tweak the forty man roster and all of that. Yeah, but you just you just said they're bringing guys up in droves, so you don't have to bring. You don't. You don't have to. to yeah, but there, no one took my spot. I'm still on the forty man roster. Right, but but now that that group of guys, they're going to be up in the majors, and you're not going to be. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of value in in having guys win together and building that culture than there is. And I get trying to trying to you trying to get your um, days of service in terms of getting to six total years of it quicker, so you can get to free agency. But at the end of the day, two the two weeks at the beginning of September versus all four versus the only having the two weeks at the end of September versus having the whole month is only going to account for like a fraction of it. So it's playing a full season up in the bigs, and well, guess, by having having, I guess, I guess it's a matter of of playoff ex- or major league baseball experience is, is more so than the arbitration thing. Yeah, I guess so. But well, I mean, well, at the end of the day, and we've completely hijacked from our cold teams of the week. Um, I, I think there's a lot more value in creating that winning culture because it's worked in the past. All right, Jordy, we're going to go back and forth. We can go back and forth. This is all exactly. We're, we're now I just disagree. running in circles. I disagree, but, and you're telling me I'm backing out of things. You're, you're calling me no. out. On well, listen, these. listen. If I'm the Phillies, it would it would behoove me to to keep players in minor league as long as possible. Um, you know, if, if I'm a GM, but if I'm Gabe the Babe and I'm expected to manage a team of of rookies next year, I want guys who that who have actually had some time, been in a major league ballpark. Experienced major league clubhouse, been around some some veterans, and I want to get. Yeah, I want to clarify. Most of the starters that are on the Phillies this year are going to be starters in the Phillies next year. Most of these guys, how some of the contracts work out with some of these players, unless they trade guys away, wouldn't you? You would assume that somebody would be leaving, and then in which case it makes sense to have a right fielder come up and get experience. Because in case they think Nick Williams is going to leave, or they're going to trade away Nick, Nick Williams or Michael Franco for something, then I see then I see the value in that. All right, moving on, Jordy. What, uh, are we going to players? Or are we going to? Well, we'd have to do cold teams in the American cold League team before American players. League. All right, cold team American League. Who you got? Uh, I am going to go. I'm going to just take the chalk pick. The Baltimore Orioles. They uh, really that the. Dumpster fire for them. It continues to burn bright. And Greg, I know we like to set number watches. I want to see if the Baltimore Orioles can break the MLB record for losses in a single season. And I think it's doable. What is that number? The highest number in the modern era. So 1900 to present is the Philadelphia Athletics 
at 117 in 1916 um, in a 162-game series season. Um, that's by winning percentage. In 162-game season, it's the Detroit Tigers with 119 losses. They're at 94 now. Yep. That seems like a lot of games. I mean, the, the Tigers had 43 wins, so the the Orioles would only have to win five more games from here on in to uh, break the record. I, yeah, I think I, I think the, I think they're going to win at least. That's so tough. He's got embarrassed four games in a row by the Yankees. Yeah, and they get embarrassed by the Red Sox. It's a tough, it's a tough, tough, tough question. Um, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go. They get at least five wins. 100. I'm taking the over. All right, all right. What's more likely? What do you, what do you the Red think? Sox break the win record, or the Orioles break the loss record? More likely. Yeah. Red Sox. Red Sox. Red Sox need the forty-man roster expansion. They need to give some guys some breaks. All right. They need. They need. They need to get into September. Badly. Uh, no polar bear Paul Sox run for you. <laughs> uh, All right. What's your cold team of the week? My cold team of the week is Seattle Mariners. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. A team that five hundred baseball, kind of like the Phillies. Um. Not that they're doing anything bad, but they're not. They're playing themselves out of the playoff race. Um, in doing so, by playing 500 baseball, they're now five. Uh, sorry, six and a half games out of the first place in their division, behind the Astros and the Athletics, and five games out of the wild card. Um, and even more so behind the Yankees, nine games behind the Yankees for the first wild card. So uh, for me, no-brainer, Seattle Mariners, um, just to be relevant. Uh, they did beat Arizona two out of three, but they lost to the Astros two out of three. Um, and before that, lost the Dodgers two out of three. And before that, lost Oakland two out of three. So you need to you need to win series in order to maintain and stay in the playoffs. Um Despite the Red Sox getting swept, you know they're 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 going to be fine no matter what. So if I'm if I'm a Seattle Mariner fan, uh, I'm freaking out a little bit. And that surge they got from Robinson Cano coming back seems to have cooled down a little bit. So hopefully they can find something to reignite them and get them uh, back into the mix and and knock out the Athletics there. No, for sure. That's no, a really good sure. pick. That's a really good pick. I like that. A lot. I like that a lot. And I'm in. I think. Yeah, I think the the Mariners need to if they can't figure something out quick, it's going to be uh, almost lights out for them because then they're going to keep digging and digging themselves into a deeper hole. And that yeah, we didn't even talk about the fact that uh, Fernand, uh, Hernandez uh, went to the bullpen, right? Yeah. Oh, that's that's actually a really good point. Yeah, you want to uh, provide a little color on that? No, I mean, I he doesn't. He's been pitching so poorly this year that they decided he's got to work some things out, took him out of the starting rotation. And now he's a bullpen guy, which for reference, the Red Sox did that with their number five starter because he couldn't make it out. Of, couldn't make it past four innings. And it's just so inconsistent and can't find the strike zone. So now their five number five starter became their, their long reliever and their long re- reliever became the number five starter. So, for 
Hernandez to be the premier pitcher in the, in Major League Baseball less than two years ago, or even two years ago, uh, to now be shunned to the bullpen. Either it's the end of his career or his time, or he really needs to figure some things out and, and really needs to maybe paint paint the corners like CeCe does and, and get a little uh, get a little breaking ball instead of relying on just his gas that he used to throw and, and blow by people. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough look for him. I mean, Didn't he throw a no-hitter last year? Uh, was it last year? I years think ago? it was a couple of years ago. But he, I mean, they, just to even give you an idea, the guy – has only 107 strikeouts in 135 innings pitched. And this guy normally gets close to one strikeout per inning pitched. He is almost uh, his 24, 499 or 24, 49, excuse me, in 26, 38 innings pitched. So, I mean, he's close to one, um, which is pretty awesome in terms of a number, but I mean that's that's a tough look to move out there. He'd never pitched in the bullpen before in the major leagues, which is kind of wild when you look yeah. at it. Um, first time they do in the minors too. I think it's the first time since he's been a pro. I don't, right? know, I don't know the minor numbers, but um, yeah, first time ever in the bigs, which is kind of wild. Five sixty four ERA, eight and eleven, a WHIP of one point four two. Not not really a good look there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> let's. Great transition. Let's breeze into hot players of the week. Yeah, well, let's move into some some guys that we want to talk about. Hot players of the week. Uh, let's start in the American League. Greg, I'm going to throw it over to you because I have an idea of who you're going to pick, and then I'll take mine. I don't think you know I'm going to pick. All right, go. I'm going to pick Kendry, Kendry Morales from the Toronto Blue Jays. Good pick. That's what I was going to take, fuckhead. <laughs> seven home runs, Love to 12 RBIs, 4.78 in the last seven games, eight runs scored himself, um, seven home runs, that, that'll do it for you, 12 RBIs, pretty impressive. Uh, o, Ombre, OPS of a 1.89, one, tore apart the Phillies, um, had a great weekend for them, and uh, really, really no-brainer for me, Jordy, who you got? Well, yeah, he tied the major league record for cons- home for home runs in a consecutive game at seven. Really easy pick. <laughs> Thank you. Who do yeah. you think I was going to go with? I thought you were going to go with JD Martinez, who is not who I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Matt Chapman of the Oakland Athletics. Um, three homers, five ribbies on the week, seven runs scored himself. Uh, three walks. He did strike out nine times, but that's okay. He uh, had an OPS of one of eleven fifty four. Uh, and really just a guy that when he gets going and for how young he is, he is uh, on his way to becoming a premier player in the big leagues. And I think, um, you know, those athletics, they also had Steven Piscotty and a big week for him as well. But, um, you know, the athletics, they're they're trending on the, the right way in the American League West. And uh, that th- they're still down right now to the Astros, but. I mean, I think they're going to be fine as they get closer and closer to the playoffs, and guys like these are going to help them get there. Yeah, great pick. I I, I can't pick JD because can't pick a team. Pick a guy on a team that just got swept personally. Um, but I love it, Jordy. Uh, my National League Hot Player of the Week. If you're okay switching over, yep. Anthony Rizzo, former Red Sox. From the Chicago Cubs, 
Okay. Uh, this past week, three home runs, six RBIs, hit 429 uh, with seven runs scored himself. Sort of a OPS of 1.500. Great week for him. Great week for, for the Cubs. Could have gone with Javi Baez, who had two more RBIs, but uh end of the day, I'm going with the guy who got on base more, scored more runs, and uh, had a higher average. Plus, you already mentioned the aforementioned baseball bat he had with uh, Chris Bryant. Yeah, you know, uh, that's a good pick there. I am going to go with Javi Baez because he had himself a big week and sneakily continues to keep himself in the NL MVP conversation. Uh, three homers, eight RBI, as you mentioned, 423 batting average, a stolen base added on just for uh, just for kicks. But, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. It's a good week for the Cubs on a lot of different angles. Uh, winners of the five straight. And these guys, you know, they're the guys that, have, that got them to the World Series two years ago, and it's the guys that are going to carry them there this year. I figured you would have gone with uh, Gregory Polanco, former Phil. Yeah, could have gone with him. Could have gone with Fredward, Freddie Galvis on the uh, San Diego Padres. Or I could have gone with Jeff McNeil, guy that just been on an absolute tear over the entire month of August. Um, Christian Yelich. Yeah, Christian Yelich <laughs> is up there as well. A lot of guys uh, had a great week, Jordy. Who do you got for, for pitchers? Yeah, so we'll start for my Billy Chapel pitcher, starting pitcher, excuse me. We've uh, decided to make some clarifications of the week. For the American League, I'm going to go with Blake Snell of the Tampa Bay Rays. Blake? Having himself an awesome year. This past week, though, in the last seven days, through 12 innings, went 2-0, 19 strikeouts, only two runs let up, had a whip of .75 and an ERA of 1.5. Just a great week for him, and he's putting himself together a very, very strong 2018 campaign uh, for a Tampa Bay Rays team that we mentioned before. Also a uh, fantastic week for them. So, you know, good look on him that he's uh, a guy that's developing into, you know, a, a stud pitcher. And we'll see what Tampa Bay decides to do with him going forward because he was in a couple conversations for a potential trade and looks like they're going to hold on to him, at least for the time being. Jordy, what a great pick. I know. What a great pick. I'm going to go with Mike Fires of the Oakland Athletics. A great pick. Uh, two wins on the week, 15 Ks, uh, 0.71 ERA. Uh, normally good. <laughs> normally good. 0.71 whip, so good on you, mate. Uh, Oakland Athletics, I mean, we talk about them week in, week out. Another team that's surging at the right time, and uh, their starting pitching is a big reason why, and, and he himself uh, certainly helps on helps out with that. Um, No-brainer for me. I, I mean, Snell was obvious, the obvious choice, and I'm, I'm pumped you said him because I was going to say him if you didn't, so I'm glad I got to uh, mention Fires as well. That's good to hear. I'm glad that uh, we agree on something. But in the National League, Greg, I'm going to go with Kyle Hendricks of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, big week for him in going – actually went one and one, but he had himself a fantastic week uh, pitching 14 innings, only two runs on the week, and a whip of one. He, he let up a lot of hits, but got himself out of some danger there. Went one and one, but an ERA of 1.21. Um so, I mean, a nice, nice week for him. And really, where the Cubs have had their ups and downs with starting pitching this year, really, aside from the acquisition of Cole Hamels, you know, you had that fantastic up, but then the 
huge downer of you Darvish and being out for the season. Uh, having a guy like Kendrick is a guy that's kind of proven himself time and time again uh, as a consummate guy in uh, one of the rare cases of a trade in terms of sending out a, a big name and, and getting a huge prospect back. I'm talking about Ryan Dempster, Ryan Dempster down to the Texas Rangers. And they got Hendricks as part of that as kind of a, another guy added in, um, you know, he's been everything the Cubs needed and more so. Great pick, Jordy. The, he's part of their starting rotation, correct? Correct. So they're they're starting. They're going to have some tough decisions to make because they have five or six guys who are starters that are just poised to have big playoffs in big September. So good for them. Tough choices. Uh, I'm going to go with Kevin Guzman from the Atlanta Braves. Uh, 13 innings pitch, two two wins, two games, two starts, 10 Ks, and a 0.00 ERA. So uh, Braves team that really has you could argue taking commanding lead, commanding lead of uh <laughs> commanding lead three game lead in the NL East taking advantage of, of the 500 fills um so good for the Braves and 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 their starting pitching has been unbelievable all year um so especially for how young they are another team that has certainly outperformed their expectations uh and if you had asked if you go back to the preview blog uh the preview preview pod I should say uh, I'm almost positive uh, certain members of this pod had the Braves either last or second to last, uh, maybe third to last. So uh, good for you them. The Braves second, you had them third. If you're trying to call me out, I I would I I wasn't talking about you. Uh, all right, all right. Just keeping people in check here. No, but talk about a great acquisition. Another one that kind of just goes under the radar because really, when I you had, think of, of I, had, I had the Phillies in second. Uh, rightfully so, and that's where they are right now. So yeah, so you had the Braves, yeah, and you had the Braves below the Phillies. I had the Braves second, and the I, Phillies I'm third. Just, I'm just Regardless, saying, I'm back just to saying. your guy. Back to your. I'm giving you credit. I'm giving you <laughs> Kevin Gosman. Since he got acquired by the Braves, the guy has the Braves have won four of his five starts, and he's gotten a decision every single time. And really, the one loss he had against the Mets. It's because the Braves' bats went absolutely cold. But this guy has pitched eight innings twice against the Brewers and the Pirates. And then the other two starts have been both against the Marlins, coincidentally. But uh, they've been his, they've been six, six innings and five innings and then had that loss against the Mets. So four and one at 1.69 ERA since coming over. And the guy's mowing down batters left and right. Uh, gets a great ground ball, fly ball. Uh, ratio and doesn't really throw a ton of pitches uh if he can keep his pitch count low that's how he's been able to get through eight innings so many times and you know it's a it's just one you got to tip your cap to the gm of the braves for getting him and seeing what you know was so obvious with cole hamels despite him having some subpar numbers but what you know i think you and i actually had mentioned it that he could have himself a potential to get traded so could have alex cobb but uh, yeah, I mean, Gosman, a great, great acquisition for the Braves. So while I uh, am a little bummed that they continue to to climb up in the division, uh, you got to tip your cap to you know a good, a good trade and a uh, even better result afterwards. Hey, before we do bullpen pitcher of the week, uh, manager of the year, Braves or Phillies? Uh, I think you got to go with whoever wins the division. Yeah, I think you got to go with Gabe the Babe. Uh, I think he's a regardless. He, I mean, he's a babe. 
just because he's a babe. Man Rocket. <laughs> Jordy, who's your uh, bullpen guy of the week? Who you got? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start in the NL. I'm going to go with Bud Norris of the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Three saves on the week. Only uh, one hit and three walks. It's a whip of one. Didn't let up a single run. So pretty clean. Uh, week for him in terms of closing the door for the for the St. Louis Cardinals. This is a guy, Greg, who's been around basically since we were in high school. He's played nine years in the big leagues. Uh, I remember when he was with the Houston Astros. Um, but I mean, he used to be a starter, re- sort of reinvented himself in the bullpen. Uh, the guys come on this year. We haven't talked about him a, t- a ton, but he has 27 saves and only four blown saves a 2.91 era and you know this guy also makes appearances in non-save situations which is you know kind of cool to see uh he's a couple holds in there and you know he's he's really done a lot from what his his career had been he uh his total career era is 4.42 a whip of 1.39 and this year i mentioned 2.91 and a whip of 1.06 so Awesome for him, 63 Ks and 52 innings on the on the week, and he went three three Ks and three innings for the week. So you know, good for him. And and we mentioned the Cardinals at length before, but uh, they're they're certainly doing the right things and starting to come alive when they need to. Yeah, I mean, great pick, Jordy. Um, I enjoyed the trip down memory lane for sure. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jose Alvarado from the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, one save, two holds, 0.0 ERA, six Ks in three innings of work in the last seven days. Uh, unbelievable week for him and was a big part of uh, why the Rays swept the Red Sox. Sergio yeah. um, Romo up there as well. Yeah. Jordy, who was uh, National League? Who you got? So Bud Norris was my National League. Oh, American League. Sorry. I skipped around. No, nah, that's all good. I'm going to go with Ken Giles of the Toronto Blue Jays. We mentioned him a little bit last week, but we had to cut part of it because the sound quality was shitty. This guy came over from the Houston Astros earlier this year for telling A.J. Hinch, the Astros manager, basically to go fuck himself when he pulled him uh, and got sent over to the Blue Jays and really has done a lot for him. He was three for three and saves this week. No er- earned runs let up, but uh, you know, still kind of doing and kind of reinventing himself after – getting a little humbled. He got sent down to the minors for a little bit, but as a blue Jay, he's been, you know, uh, fairly solid. And I mean, while he's let up some runs here and there and, and gotten shelled, he let up five and only two thirds at the beginning of the month to the Red Sox, but he's been able to convert his last six save opportunities and only let up one run. And that was to the Kansas city Royals, but good for him that he's been able to do that and, and kind of, you know, help out a, uh, a really, really rough start to the to his 2018 and having a good august i love it great choice uh, my american league guy or my national league guy is gonna be josh Hader, uh, uh frequent guy here for the bullpen uh cart bullpen guy of the week he pitched in six he made six different appearances in the last seven days seven k's Three holds, one point. No, he made three appearances and pitched six innings. Even more impressive. My oh, my mistake. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I just no. It's all good. You're you're right though. Seven Ks. Even more impressive is right. Maybe I should read a little better than what I've been doing. But good, good for him. Unbelievable. uh, Good, great week for him. And and 
Uh, he's been called on time and time again for for the for the Brewers all year. So uh, honorable mention, Jordy. I have to mention a guy who the Phillies. He was going to be their number two, maybe number three starter, uh, and they traded him away like like he was nothing. And look what he's doing now this week. One start, seven innings pitch, one win, seven Ks, zero earned runs. Uh, can you guess who it was? I'm going to think you're talking about your guy, Clay Buckholtz, but please oh. tell me. Oh, I'm a thousand percent talking about Clay Buckholtz. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, did they trade him away? I thought he walked. Did he? I think he walked. Yeah, he got hurt and he only had a one-year deal and I think he walked away from the team. The Phillies wanted to try to have him be – they wanted him to have a good like half of a year in the National League and then try to trade him. And he got hurt in spring training and never never played a game. Yeah, you know, what could have been. What could have been indeed. Uh, we also got to mention, because I don't think we've spoken about him at all since he went over to the Indians, but Brad Hand having himself an awesome – awesome uh, post-trade 2018 since going over to the Indians, doing a lot of different work for them, getting called on for holds, for saves. Um, you know, and I mean, the, the Indians paid a little bit of a price to get them, but it's definitely paid off for them. So we, I, I honestly don't think we either of us have picked him since August 1st, but got to gotta mention him as an honorary bullpen card, bullpen guy of the week. There's there have been so many storylines that I feel like because we do this once a week, we are not able to get to it. So I love when we have the chance to do that, and I love when we have a chance to recognize guys that uh, certainly have have been deserving. And and for those those major league baseball players who listen, uh, and we haven't mentioned you, please please DM and uh, let us know or tweet directly at ThunderBLG uh, on Twitter. Just come on to the podcast, and we'll we'll give or, you the credit then. Or just come on the podcast, we'll give you the credit then. Uh, Jordy, any stadium snacks from the week? Yeah, so I have an interesting one for you that I saw tonight. I saw on the Phillies broadcast, they now have a vendor at Citizens Bank Park. That's the Beer Cycle. Ooh. Yeah, so it's a guy that it basically looks like almost like a giant tricycle, but in, on top of the two wheels in the back is a giant cooler of kegs. But it's in a box, so almost like the giant boxes like Grubhub guys bike around with around cities. Yeah. This guy is a giant, like there's taps and shit. So he's yeah. biking around the concourse. And basically, if we saw him, we'd pull him over and he'd, you know, pay him the, pay him the money instead of handing us a can of beer. He would pour us beer out of the tap. So the Phillies are highlighting this. And this is the new attraction at the ballpark. And. They at the very end of the segment within an inning, so they're still having like John Cruck and Tom McCarthy talk about the baseball game, um, but like trying to interview the guy of what what the hell the beer the beer cycle is. The guy starts trying to bike away so they can see him like riding around, and the fucking kegs are so heavy the guy couldn't get the the bike going. That's awesome. The funniest too is that because they did in the middle of the concourse, there's all these dudes like trying to like get on TV and everything. Like some drunk guy was trying to get an E A G L E S chant going. So like it's just a complete, complete fuck up of how everything's going with this. But it was, I mean, it's a cool concept, and I'm excited to see it when I go down later this week. Uh, it's funny on the broadcast they mention Mike or whatever his name is has these big strong legs, so kids don't try to carry two kegs on the back of your bike at home and then 
the guy can't fucking get it going. There's literally nothing worse than in your primetime moment, regardless of whether or not it's it's on TV, but if anyone's watching, in your primetime moment, you turn around and fail, right? Or 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 you oh, yeah. don't you come up short and and to do it on national TV or, or even when there's a crowd again without TVs, just not be able to perform. It's, it's like in golf when you when you pass a group in front of you because you've been hitting into them all day, and all of a sudden you shank a drive off and you shank your second, and it's just like yeah, when they wave you through. Exactly. You know, yeah. Oh god, that's the worst moment. Oh, the worst moment. And the next round you birdie, and it's just like or the next hole you birdie. So it's just the worst thing is is when you're put in the, on the spot and you, and you don't, uh, don't come through and, and magnify that by ESPN. And, and I assume it was uh, Sunday night baseball. No, this was, this was tonight at the Phillies game. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So new um, attraction to citizens bank park. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. my, I didn't have a stadium snack, but I did have a bleacher creature and, and I, we talked about it in the beginning and, and, uh, we can talk about it a little bit now, but again, it's the, Literally World Series. It's the fact that it's over another year came and gone, and uh, pumped to see the U.S. win again um, and get back to it. And Hawaii, you know, hats go out to them. And, and obviously, we would be, uh, you know, if we didn't mention the hurricane and everything, and then how, yeah, a couple of the islands that were were pretty brutally hit. So um, it stinks for the kids going back to that, but. At the same time, at least they brought some joy to uh, their country, and and hopefully the country can celebrate them properly. The state, sorry, the state. Good point. (laughs) (laughs) It's our it's our 50th state. You know, you don't don't have to worry about that. (laughs) Uh, Just edit that out and make sure I say state the whole time. Uh, No, we're we're gonna keep that on. But 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 put in one of those like uh, obvious obvious like edit voice. Yeah, we'll we'll keep it natural. Oh, natural, as they say. You have uh, any? Uh, you have any bleacher creature? Bleacher. Yeah. So I mentioned it before earlier this week when the Astros were in L.A. Justin Verlander stayed, I think, at the Hollywood Hotel, and he ate at their restaurant that's there, and he gets his bill back. And did you see this? He yeah. got charged a million dollars for being quote a Dodger killer. And he, like, he took it in stride and everything, and I'm sure they took they didn't actually get charged that. But the the weird thing, Greg, did you see this whole check? Or did you just see the million dollars? Uh, yeah, I saw the whole check. Did you notice that it cost like $30 for an order of pancakes? Yeah, they are in L.A. What the, what the fuck? <laughs> no wonder these people are always pissed off all the time in Hollywood. They're getting $30 pancakes. How much is a hamburger? 45 bucks? <laughs> like, Jesus. They are in LA, and, and it was probably... Beer was $5 in Seattle. It was... How are you paying $30, $30 for pancakes? It was, it was probably at the Four Seasons restaurant. It was probably at the nicest nicest restaurant money can buy, especially with uh, his yeah, with his wife there, who's yeah, that's actually a good point too. With the money that they probably, she probably makes. What do you think? Does she make double his his salary? I mean, Giselle makes more than Brady, and she's the number one model in the world. So he, I mean, major league baseball players get huge amount of money. So yeah, he's made a lot of money. But she, like, between being a model, all the different, like, she has endorsements. She like, 
she's got a Kate Upton's got a, a nice little career going. True. I mean, it's a great question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if only there was a website we could search it onto, but let's look at the rest of the week. Let's wrap things up. Um, yeah. Good, good call on uh shouting at the little league world series. We mentioned at the top of the show, but uh, definitely kind of an underrated part of August. You all, you only think of it as preseason football, bait, summer baseball, and, basically the U.S. Open for tennis and the PGA and golf, but you kind of forget about the Little League World Series. So it's always a fun surprise to remember, oh, yeah, this is one of the more fun events of of the summer to watch. I love it. Uh, but yeah, let's look, But let's wrap things up. Look at what we got on the Major League Baseball schedule for this week um, and the series to watch out for. Greg, I'll start with the, during the week. I am going to continue – with the series that we highlighted throughout the show, the Houston Astros hosting the Oakland athletics uh, just really, it has so many different implications on what's going on in the AL West and the Astros currently are up eight to four. So they're starting to blow that thing open, but yeah, I mean, it's just such a, a huge, huge implication on that division and where it could go. And if Oakland can bounce back either in this game or the rest of the series, um, you know, it's going to only make that division tighter, but if the Astros can, you know, get a sweep here, it, it could, uh, you know, start to help them get a little bit of a gap as we enter September. I love it. Uh, and not a great, not a great beginning of the week in terms of series to look out for. Um, yeah, I, very low Monday in terms yeah, of I'm going, volume. I'm, I'm going with the Rays and the Braves. Um, the, the Rays obviously being the team that, Hot team of the week, winners of eight straight, uh, and the Braves, a team that uh, we're, we're rooting for them to lose. So um, I was going to pick the Phillies at home versus the Nationals, um, try to get try to get things back on board. But I think it's more important that the Rays uh, beat up on the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, so it's a, it's weird because it's a, a two game series. It's only Tuesday and Wednesday for this, right. so it's. You know, kind of a quick stop and and see how it goes for for both teams because you're right. The Rays stay hot. It you know helps the Phillies in terms of hurting the Braves, but the Braves could curb that and see them themselves uh, you know really start to potentially open up a gap for them. Um, Tuesday they got Julio Teheran pitching, who's had himself an up and down year this year, so we'll see if he can bounce back. But Wednesday they got Sean Newcomb, who's had a decent year, versus Tyler Glass now, um, who guy came over i think in the chris archer trade and and has been pretty solid for them but i really like that pick greg that's that's definitely a good one uh um, hey, thanks jordy no some but other good good midweek uh series as well uh you got the upstart quote upstart hot reds who can turn it on almost like that hosting the brewers so we'll see if the brewers can start getting what they need to do done if they want to stay in the in this series same with the seattle mariners going down to, to san diego to play the padres but this weekend greg what uh what series are you keeping an eye out on uh outside of the obvious chicago and philadelphia uh cubs and phillies um an intriguing matchup to me is the arizona diamondbacks and the los angeles Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, Diamondbacks heading to, to the Dodgers. Dodgers really need to win this series, uh, if not sweep, just to just to get their way back into 
I mean, again, we talked about this. They're only two games out, but they really need to win the series because the team they're chasing is literally in their home park. So what better team to – what better way to chase down a team in front of you than to beat them yourselves rather than rely on other teams to do it for you. So um, that is the most intriguing for me, but obviously I'll have my eyes uh, on Phillies and the Cubs. Uh, Jordy, who you got? Yeah, so I'll be at Friday at Phillies and the Cubs. That's uh, Bark in the Park night, taking my dog to the game. That should be a lot of fun. Humble brag. Oh, yeah, not a big deal. Uh, Luna's going to love the game. She loves watching Phillies on TV, so she's going to love the ballpark. But the series I'm looking out for, Greg, is going to be in the American League West, staying out there, uh, continuing to have the Oakland Athletics in it. It's going to be the Athletics hosting the Seattle Mariners. Um, You know, kind of a, a loser leaves town, if you will. Um, Oakland would not be out of it by any means if, if Seattle were to come out and sweep them or, or win two of three. But if Seattle loses this series or, God forbid, gets swept, it could start becoming curtains for them, especially with the Astros playing the, the Angels this weekend. It's something where you know they might start fall, falling a little more and more and more out of that, both division race and really now it's between the A's and the, and the Mariners, almost at the A's and the Athletics, uh, for that second wild card spot with the Yankees really starting to extend themselves above even the Astros in terms of record. So really just a super important series for them for that hope towards the second wild card spot. Great pick, Jordy, and I'm happy you picked it because um, I you know I figured you would go with that one, which is why I chose the one I did, but uh, I love I love that pick. I love how uh, you always pick the American League to watch out for, and I always pick the National League. So yeah, well, yeah you know we got to respect each other's game. Interesting how that works. What's uh, anything you want to close out with? Uh, you know, mentioned park in the park. Uh, hopefully, the humidity here in Philadelphia doesn't kill me. It was nice getting away from humidity for a couple days out in Seattle, but you know I'm I'm happy to be home, and hopefully, I can catch up on some Z's. I love you. I love you too, buddy. All right, that's going to do it for the show. Uh, Greg, thank you as always. We'll be back next week. As for what day we're recording, we'll have to figure that out with it being Labor Day. Greg, got any fun plans for the weekend? Um, Oh, my brother's birthday. Oh, nice. uh, Yeah, my oldest brother, um, 34, 30, yeah, Paul Pierce, 34. Oh, Um, big one. Yeah, so we he wants to head up to a brewery brewery around here, so um, get to do that. Jordy, what are you doing? Uh, going to the Phillies on Friday, probably play some golf Saturday. Uh, and then Sunday, uh, a buddy of mine and his girlfriend are having a pool party at her parents' house. Uh, so going to that, that should be a ton of fun. We have some friends coming in from out of town uh, that moved to Denver about a year and a half ago, or no, just about a year ago now. Um, so they're going to be in town. It'll be really exciting to see them and other people, obviously. Uh, but it should be a ton of fun. I mean, obviously, a great excuse to get outside. Barbecue as the warm weather it, season is starting to come to a close, and college football is coming back, baby. I love it. I'm so pumped for college football. I love college football. Yep. Uh-huh. And make sure, speaking of, Maddie D and I are going to be recording the final preview for the college football season, the Big Ten and the SEC on Wednesday night. It's going to be dropping Thursday morning. Make sure you download that. Mash that subscribe button on Thursday. First thing so you can have it in before the Thursday night foot sat or Thursday night college football games, not 
Thursday night NFL because those are going to be the worst preseason games for week four. But yeah, the college football season basically we got five straight days of like marquee matchups. It's this aside from like New Year's Day has to be some of the most fun college football because they still front load some of the season. Um, and I won't spoil too much. We get a ton to talk about on there, but it's a lot of fun. And Greg, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it. I'm excited to hear everyone's thoughts on this podcast as well. Go Phil, uh, go Sox. I'm glad you said go Phillies as well. Let's go Phils. Go Sox. Have a good week, everybody. Peace.